Chaf Chet Nisan Tafshin Ayin Zayin. Coming to you from Yerushalayim, Ha'ir Shechubrala Yachdav, the capital of the sovereign and independent Jewish state in the land of Israel, commemorating Yom HaShoah, Holocaust Memorial Day. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to this special edition of The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Yonatan Razel. Shalom Echad Bilvad Amad Aleinu Lechaloteinu. It's not just one, not just Paro in Egypt that rose up to commit genocide against the Jewish people. In every generation, somebody, once their names were the Inquisition, at times their names was Chelmenitsky, and then Hitler, Stalin, and now Iran, the Arabs, radical Islam. And yet we are here which is a miracle in and of itself. We are here. I'm talking to you from Yerushalayim. We are here better than ever. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Matzileinu Miyadam. Chazal tell us, She'ein Baal Hanes Mekir Beniso, that when a miracle is happening to somebody, that somebody doesn't recognize the miracle because he's in it. He's part of it. So he can't understand. He can't take the bigger picture, the wider look, and understand what the miracle is that is happening to him, to us. And therefore, we have to recognize the great miracle that we are living through. There are people among us who went through the valley of death, and then the dry bones got up as a huge army, Chayel Gadol Me'od, and we established the state of Israel. And we liberated Yerushalayim. And while there is much to complain about, but the overarching feeling that we should have, especially on a day like today, is how far we have come in such a short time. And to thank Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shematzileinu Miyadam. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're attuned to a special Yom HaShoah edition of The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. יום ראשון בבוקר, שוב אני נזכר בעליות לירושלים, קצת מתחיל להיות לי קר אני חושב על המילים שעל שער הברזל כבר עברו שנים מאז, תמיד אני זוכר יום ראשון בבוקר, וקצת קשה לנשום כשרעך שם מעלה בנשכחות Zuyarut 
מצפן גרום לך שוב לעמוד, הוא נחל מתגבר, שומר הנשמות. כשכולם נופלים למטה, איך אתה ממשיך לצעוד? ואני קורא עליך מתוך ספר כשכולם נופלים למטה, כשכולם נופלים למטה, כשכולם נופלים למטה, איך אתה ממשיך בצד הכביש, הלב המרוסק, לאט מתחיל להתחבר, את כל אדם לגורלו מצליח לפורר. Many of you know how the Mossad captured Nazi war criminal Adolf Eichmann and brought him to Israel in May of 1960 to stand trial. You may remember this short announcement by Prime Minister Ben-Gurion advising the Knesset that Eichmann was found and is already in Israel. על מה שהם קראו בשם הפתרון הסופי של בעיית היהודים, כלומר השמדת שישה מיליונים מיהודי אירופה. אדולף אייכמן נמצא כבר במעצר בארץ ויעמוד בקרוב למשפט בישראל. What many of us did not know was that his arrival in 1960, escorted by the Mossad operatives, was not אייכמן's first quote-unquote visit to Israel. Yes, in 1937, before the outbreak of World War II and long before the final solution was conceived at the Wannsee conference, Hitler and the upper echelon of the Nazi regime had hoped, it seems, this is the report that I'm reading, to resolve the Jewish problem, quote-unquote, through forced emigration of the Jews living in Germany. The Nazis wanted to see the Jewish settlement in Palestine and to check in person whether the plan was actually feasible. On October the 2nd, 1937, the Romania docked at the port of Haifa, traveling incognito as German journalists. Herbert Hagen debarked, followed shortly after by the Nazi government clerk, one Adolf Eichmann. Their application to enter Palestine was denied by the British authorities. They probably had some suspicion of who they were, but they were given a temporary entry permit for one night only. They toured Haifa and spent a night on Mount Carmel. After the time they were allotted was up, 
they sailed for Egypt, where they met with representatives of the Haganah and with the Mufti of Jerusalem, the vile anti-Semite who had his own plans for a final solution. At the end, the Nazi immigration plan never happened. Eichmann's great fear was that the expulsion of Jews from Germany would contribute in the future to the establishment of a stronger and more prosperous Jewish entity that would rely on the great wealth which the deportees from Germany would bring with them to Palestine. Eichmann feared that over time, that same Jewish state will become a threat to Nazi Germany. So when we say, and we go back in generations of time to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, we hear the echoes of his words in the words of Eichmann. Hava nitchakmalo, pen yir be, vehaya ki tikrena milchama v'nosaf gam hu al-soneinu v'nilcham banu v'alamina aretz. Let us deal shrewdly with them, said Paro, about the Jews, so that they may not increase. Otherwise, in the event of war, they may join our enemies in fighting against us. The words don't really change. Whether it was Faro or whether it was Haman and all those in between until Hitler, the words never change. Kill the Jews. The only difference seems to be the technology. In Egypt, it was the hard labor and the whips throwing the babies into the Nile. In Haman's time, it was the sword and the chariots. In Hitler's time, it was the gas chambers. And now we are threatened by an atom bomb. Behold Dorvador. What the Jewish people went through during the Holocaust was really unprecedented in its intensity, in its numbers. But at the base, at the source of it all, it has been there with us from the book of Exodus and continues so until today. And if we forget, we only have ourselves to blame. קשור לאחד מניצולי השואה הכי מפורסמים, הרב ישראל מאיר לאו, שהיה רב ראשי, עכשיו רב ראשי בתל אביב, אל תשלח ידך אל הנער, זה ספרו הידוע על השואה, והוא מספר שבלילה הראשון שלו במחנה צ'צנוחובה, כשכידוע היה ילד, ילד בן שבע היה אז, והיה צריך להסתתר, שלא ידעו בכלל שהוא נמצא במחנה, לא היה מקום לילדים במחנות, הוא שכב מתחת למיטה, ואח שלו הגדול, נפתלי, היום לוי, אז לאו, בנו של הרב לאו מפיוטרקוב, בניו של הרב לאו מפיוטרקוב, אח שלו שומע מצריף אחר צלילים של ניגון שהוא מכיר. והוא מתקרב שם אל, ה, אל אותו הצריף. כשהוא מתקרב אל הצריף הוא מבין שגם את הקול הוא מכיר. קול שאי אפשר לטעות בו. הלא זה קולו של החזן יוסל מנדלבאום. חזן מפורסם באירופה כולה, חזן של בית בובוב, של האדמו"ר מבובוב, רבי בן ציון אלברשטם. והוא מתקרב ושומע שהניגון שהוא שר הוא הניגון למילים מקדש מלך עיר מלוכה, קום יצאי מתוך ההפיכה, פרק מתוך לך דודי, יצירה גדולה שלו, של יוסל מנדלבאום, פרק אחד, ניגון שהוא שמע אותו לפני הרבה שנים בבובוב, הם היו בני משפחה, בני, בעצם בני דודים של האדמו"ר. 
והוא נכנס ורואה את יוסל מנלבאום ומתחבקים ומתרגשים, ויוסל מנלבאום החזן שומר עליו, ואפילו הם נותנים ליוסל מנלבאום איזה מתנה, איזה ספר תנ״ך של דוד שלהם, הרב מרדכי פוגלמן מקטוביץ, שיצא לפני המלחמה, היה רבה של קריית מוצקין, ונפרדים, וזמן רב אחר כך מגיעים למחנה בוכנוולד בגרמניה. ושם נפתלי מזהה את ספר התנ״ך הזה של הרב פוגלמן מונח בערימת אה, אה, חפצים והוא בטוח שיוסל כמו אחרים נהרג ושכחו מהסיפור ושכחו ממנו וארבעים שנה אחר כך מגיע נפתלי לביא לבקר את האדמו"ר רבי שלומי למיבובוב שניצל מהמלחמה והוא מספר לו את הסיפור שסיפרתי זה עתה על מקדש מלך במחנה צ'סנוכובה והאדמו"ר לוחש משהו לאחד החסידים, ואחרי כמה דקות אחד החסידים נכנס עם יהודי קטן גוץ, עם זקן, והאדמו"ר שואל את נפתלי לביא, שהיה אז קונסול של ניו יורק, הוא שואל, תגיד, אתה מכיר את היהודי הזה? אומר לו, לא, אני לא מכיר אותו. אז רב שלמה לוחש לו משהו באוזן, ואז היהודי הזה מתחיל לשיר, מקדש מלך עיר מלוכה, יוסל מנדלבאום, החזן, שנותר בחיים ונשאר בין חסידי בובוב. והלחין הרבה ניגונים מופלאים. אני שמעתי את הניגון הזה לראשונה מפי חסיד בובוב, רבי יהודה בלויגרונד, בבובוב ממש, את הניגון כולו של אחד דודי כולו, ואנחנו נשאיר את הפרק הנפלא הזה של מקדש מלך עכשיו.
This year, the great historian and author Professor Yaffa Elyach passed away. A Holocaust survivor herself, we spoke about her at length at that time. The short stories that we present today and Yom HaShoah come from her internationally recognized bestseller, Hasidic Tales of the Holocaust. It was a dark, cold night in the Yanovska camp. Suddenly, a shout pierced the air. You are all to evacuate the barracks immediately and report to the vacant lot. Anyone remaining inside will be shot. Pandemonium broke out in the barracks. People pushed their way to the doors while screaming the names of friends and relatives. In a panic-stricken stampede, the prisoners ran in the direction of the open field. Exhausted, trying to catch their breath, they reached the field. In the middle were two huge pits. Suddenly, with their last drop of energy, the inmates realized where they were rushing on that cursed night in Yanovska. Once more the cold, healthy voice roared in the night, each of you dogs who values his miserable life and wants to cling to it must jump over one of the pits and land on the other side. Those who miss will get what they rightfully deserve. It was clear to the inmates that they would all end up in the pits. Even, even in the best of times, it would have been impossible to jump over them, all the more so on that cold, dark night in Yanovska. 
The prisoners standing at the edge of the pits were skeletons, feverish from disease and starvation, exhausted from slave labor and sleepless nights. Though the challenge that had been given them was a matter of life and death, they knew that for the SS and the Ukrainian guards it was merely another devilish game. Amongst the thousands of Jews on the field in Yanovska that night was the Bluzhev Rebbe, Rabbi Yisrael Spira. He was standing with a friend, a free thinker from a large Polish town, whom the rabbi had met in the camp. A deep friendship had developed between the two. The friend said to the rabbi, Spira, all of your efforts to jump over the pits are in vain. We only entertain the Germans and their collaborators. Let's sit down in the pits and wait for the bullets to end our wretched existence. My friend, said the rabbi, as they were walking in the direction of the pits, man must obey the will of God. If it was decreed from heaven that pits be dug and we be commanded to jump, pits will be dug and jump we must. And if God forbid we fail and fall into the pits, we will reach the world of truth a second later, after our attempt. So, my friend, we must jump. The rabbi and his friend were nearing the edge of the pits. The pits were rapidly filling up with bodies. The rabbi glanced down at his feet, the swollen feet of a 53-year-old Jew, ridden with starvation and disease. He looked at his young friend, a skeleton with burning eyes. As they reached the pit, the rabbi closed his eyes and commanded in a powerful whisper, We are jumping! When they opened their eyes, they found themselves standing on the other side of the pit. Spira! We are here! We are here! We are alive! The friend repeated over and over again, while warm tears streamed from his eyes. Spira! For your sake I am alive! Indeed, there must be a God in heaven. Tell me, Rebbe, how did you do it? The Rebbe said, I was holding on to my ancestral merit, my schutavot. I was holding on to the coattails of my father and my grandfather and my great-grandfather of blessed memory. But tell me, my friend, he asked, how did you reach the other side of the pit? I... I was holding on to you.
Tzadok and Yehuda Polikar and our own little mashup of Kishetigdal. Here on the Nachum Siegel Network, my name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to a special edition for Yom HaShoah of The Israel Show. Yehuda Polikar has written many songs about the Holocaust on an album called Efer Vavak. Kishetigdal tells the story of how the next generation, the second generation, is influenced by the parents who went through the Holocaust and the effects that it oftentimes has on their children. Last night here in Israel, the um, main commemoration ceremony takes place, as it does every year, at Yad Vashem, in an outdoor ceremony. The president, the prime minister, the chief rabbis, all in attendance. And toward the end of the ceremony, six torches are lit. Every year, six different Holocaust survivors are chosen each one with his own special story. They are chosen to light one of the flames, one of the torches. And before each one is invited, there is a video in which they tell their story. And you can't help 
but just sit there and cry and think. Had I been born just 25 years earlier, 25 years, that's nothing. That's, that's a nanosecond in history. That could be, would be, me, us. We need to remember how close it is. These are our parents. This is what they went through. And no matter how much we know, at least I, when I hear it again, it's as if I'm hearing it for the first time. The emotions, the rawness of it all. Almost every single one of those six survivors this year and those before them in years past ended their video, their statement, if you will, to the world with how many children they have, how many grandchildren, in some cases great-grandchildren, and almost to a man, they point out that they were or are soldiers in the Israeli Defense Force. And that is the best revenge. And whenever I see it, I bless the one above for those 25 years. As opposed to the generation before us, we are so lucky. We are so blessed. We can't express enough how much God has done for us just one generation later. Aaron Razel, with words from Yaakov Avinu Katonti Mikola Chasadim, I'm not worthy, we are not worthy maybe, of all the greatness that God has done for us. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. 
Near the city of Danzig lived a well-to-do Hasidic rabbi, the scion of a prominent Hasidic dynasty. Dressed in a tailored black suit, wearing a top hat and carrying a silver walking cane, the rabbi would take his daily morning stroll accompanied by his tall, handsome son-in-law. During his morning walk, it was the rabbi's custom to greet every man, woman, and child whom he met on his way with a warm smile and a cordial good morning. Over the years, the rabbi became acquainted with many of his fellow townspeople this way and would always greet them by their proper title and name. Near the outskirts of the town, in the fields, he would exchange greetings with Herr Müller, a Polish Volksdeutsche. Good morning, Herr Müller, the rabbi would hasten to greet the man who worked in the fields. Good morning, Herr Rabiner, would come the response with a good-natured smile. Then the war began. The rabbi's strolls stopped abruptly. Herr Müller became an SS officer and disappeared from the fields. The fate of the rabbi was like that of much of the rest of Polish Jewry. He lost his family in the death camps of Treblinka and after great suffering was deported to Auschwitz. One day, during a selection, a selectia at Auschwitz, the rabbi stood on line with hundreds of other Jews awaiting the moment when their fates would be decided for life or death. Dressed in a striped camp uniform, head and beard shaven and eyes feverish from starvation and disease, the rabbi looked like a walking skeleton. Right, left, left, left. The voice in the distance drew nearer. 
Suddenly, the rabbi had a great urge to see the face of the man with this snow-white gloves and small baton and steely voice who played God, deciding who should live and who should die. He lifted his eyes and heard his own voice speaking. Good morning, Herr Müller. Good morning, Herr Rabiner, responded a human voice beneath the SS cap. What are you doing here? A faint smile appeared on the rabbi's lips. The baton moved to the right, to life. The following day, the rabbi was transferred to a safer camp. The rabbi, now in his 80s, told me in his gentle voice, this is the power of a good morning greeting. From Yaffa El Hasidic Tales of the Holocaust. לשישה מיליון, אף פעם לא נוכל לקלוט את גודל האסון היה לו חזון סופי הפתרון כולם הולכים לישון וזה היום האחרון אחד ועוד אחד, עם שלם כמעט נכחד שאפילו האמיץ ביותר לא שרד אף אחד לא בן אדם, כל אחד נהיה מספר שעומד בתור ארוך לא לראות את המחר כל כך הרבה בכי ואפילו לא דמעה כל כך הרבה סוף וזו בכלל ההתחלה המון תפילות, צעקות ולא שומעים צביל ואיך המשיח לא בא כבר להציל מטרות נאות במטווחו של השטן אי אפשר להתחבר ולברוח אין לאן טמפרטורה מתחממת ונדבקת לרגליים עפר לעפר הנשמות לשמיים נאבקים על החיים נרצחו, נשדדו, דעכו נשמותיהם, הוסתרו, שועבדו, לא נשכח את שמותיהם, הרגו את החירות, אך נשארה עוד התקווה, הנפש הומייה, העין צופייה, טבח ללא סיבה, ים של קורבנות, טלאי צהוב על החולצה, הוא יישלח ללהבות, איך אפשר לקטוף לילדים את החלומות, בזמן שחוטפים למבוגרים את הזיכרונות, מה עשיתי כל כך רע שאין שום מחילה, תמיד אמרתי אמן אחרי כל תפילה, עכשיו רצות בראש מחשבות על לפרוש, תגידו איך איבדנו כל צלם אנוש, תרגישו מה עבר עלינו בשואה, שישים שנה וזה עוד חרוט בנשמה מה הטעות שיצרה אנטישמיות 
נתן לאדם רשות להשמיט תרבות מהמגן דוד נשאר שריד אני את שלי בחיים לא מוריד שיזהיר בעתיד לא לחזור על טעויות ויזכיר להשאיר את העיניים פתוחות וללמוד לא להיות טרף בתוך המצוד לא עוד לרעוד לפחד לעמוד לחיות בכבוד ולמות בכבוד הקוד לגן עדן ולשרוד השמש תזרח והשמש תצלול הגשם יבוא וישטוף את הכל הגלגל עגול זה נכון למה אם יש חיים אחרי המוות נחכה להם שמה The second half of the book of Yeshayahu is Nechama, God is consoling us, his people. At the end of Perak Samech, the Haftarah of Kitavo, Yeshayahu says about the times of the redemption, HaKaton Yihyeh La'elef VeHatzair Lagoi Atzum Speaking about the Jewish people, the smallest, the smallest nation shall become great in number. The Hatsair, the youngest or the least, will be a mighty nation. Ani Hashem bi'ita achishena. I, the Lord, bi'ita achishena. The word et means proper time. Et milchama ve'et shalom. Et le'ehov ve'et lisno, we read in Kohelet. Achishena, from chish, keli chish goali. Make it come quickly. So, seemingly, we have a problem, because God says it'll come at the appointed time, and then God says, I'll make it come fast. And the Gemara in Sanhedrin Tzamech Tzadichet, Amud Aleph, points out this problem. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Rami, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi asks, Ksiv bi'ita, the Pasuk says, bi'ita, and it's time, v'chitiv achishena. And the Pasuk says, I'll make it come quickly. How could that be? Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi answers, Zahu, if the Jewish people merit it, if we deserve it, achishena, I'll speed it up. Lo zahu, but if we don't merit it, bi'ita, it'll come at its appointed time. I'd like to do a quick review for you of the last hundred or so years. A little more. Theodore Herzl convened the first Zionist Congress in the summer of 1897. It was the first organized political movement to call for the founding of a Jewish state in the land of Israel. The Balfour Declaration was an official statement by the United Kingdom, the world's superpower of the time, recognizing and affirming that Great Britain accepts the goals 
of Zionism, a Jewish homeland in the land of Israel. How many years passed from Herzl's Congress to Britain, Great Britain's approval? From Herzl, 1897 to Balfour, 1917? 20 years. The time it takes history to blink. 20 years. And how many years passed after the Balfour Declaration and until the United Nations vote on Haftet de November, where the nations of the world recognized the Jewish state? From Balfour, 1917, to statehood, 1947. 30 years. Again, a blink of an eye. But the UN statehood ripped away the heart of Eretz Israel, including Yerushalayim and Har Habayit, and that was corrected. When? Well, from 1947, when the UN declared statehood, to 1967, the Six-Day War, 20 years. Herzl to Balfour, 30. Balfour to statehood, 20. Statehood to Jerusalem, 20. It is dizzyingly fast. It is not the normal pace of history. And now as we approach 2017, we see the miracle of a thriving Jewish state. If you look, if you want to see, you will find an amazing nation here. And it happened so fast. Two generations, three generations. Nothing happened for 1,800 years. And then, zoom! And so with the historic hindsight, I propose a new understanding of the Pasuk Bi'ita an understanding that Chazal couldn't necessarily have because they didn't see the events that we see now. Bi'ita, at the time when the process of the redemption begins, Achishena, I, God, will speed everything up. The historic process that we could have expected would take maybe centuries will be sped up by God, and that's what we're living through. 20 years, 30 years, 20 years, boom, 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 boom. The state of Israel, the Jewish people, we have gone from the depths of the hell of the Holocaust to the most amazing state of Israel in such a short time in the blink of a historic eye. And for that, we have so much to be grateful for. Thank you for tuning in to this special edition of The Israel Show. My thanks to the Nachum Siegel Network staff, and of course, as always, to Nachum Siegel. This show, songs that we've played on it, interesting articles that may be related to it, all of that will be posted later on today at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Please go over and uh, take a look and give us a like. Tell others about it. Until next time we meet, immediately following JM in the AM next Monday, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. <laughs> Shoni, 
Oh, oh. 